Welcome to the dark forest. Jackie and her pals will never bore us. Shameless confessions about our obsession will make us laugh and smile. So let's explore the dark forest and dark out for a while. Hi, it's Jackie Cation. Welcome to the dark forest. You know the websites: JackieCation.com, DorkForest.com. Patrick Brady's going to fix this audio. Mike Rickberg just sang. He's going to sing again at the end with his girlfriend, Sarah Cohen, very good lady. And Vilmos fixes the websites. So know in your hearts that it is November or December. And so in November and December, there's a donation button on my website and on dorkforest.com. And I usually ask for donations every episode. In November and December, I ask that you don't donate to the Dork Forest. You instead uh, donate locally. If you were going to give me 20 bucks or 100 bucks or whatever you're going to give me, just donate it to your local food bank or the hurricane people or anybody. There's a lot of a lot of places, obviously, that you can, uh, Toys for Tots, this type of thing. And it's, you know, but if you do want to buy a Christmas gift or a solstice gift or a Hanukkah gift or an atheist gift or <laughs> of T-shirts or CDs, there is the merch page on JackieCation.com. Feel free to get any of the variety of t-shirts that I now have available. You get your Ranger logo, Ranger of the Dork Forest t-shirt, which has dorky things coming out of the forest. Those are, everything's U.S. made, by the way, made here in this country, either by union members or non-union members, but at least not made by toddlers. I'm wearing clothes made by toddlers. I'm not above it. I'm just above selling it. So um, you can get a Ranger t-shirt, which are black, or you can get a brown or green The Dork Forest t-shirt designed by Brett Chambers, which has um, a D12 on it and elvish writing saying, I have found it, because you have found The Dork Forest, really. And then my two CDs, Circus People, my first real CD, and it is about 40 minutes, and it has an embedded video of me doing The Dork Forest bit for my half-hour Comedy Central special without the benefit of copyright. And then my current album, which is It Is Never Going to Be Bread, which was top 10 comedy albums of the year when it came out, which was in 2010, which means I should get a new one out, but I don't have any. And as per usual, come and see me do stand-up comedy. All through November and December, I'm going to be in Arizona, and then I'm going to be a lot in Los Angeles. And then in January, I'm going to New York for a podcast festival and to do sets. And in Toronto, I'm going to go to Canada. Very exciting. Thank you so much for listening to The Dork Forest. I hope you have a good holiday season and take care of each other out there. And donate to me in January, but don't worry about it this month. Just enjoy the show, which is about to begin. Hey, it's Jackie Cation. Welcome back to The Dork Forest. I have sitting with me Gina Yashere, who I have always said Yashir. I know. Everybody does. It's okay. It's That's okay. what I thought. I thought, let me tell you, as soon as I come in. So it's Yashere. Yashere. Yeah. Pronounce the E, people. Get involved. Exactly. People try to ethnic up uh, Cation a lot. I'm just like, Cation like vacation. No vacation. So where's it from, though? It's I've Armenian. Never, I've never heard of a Cation before. Well, I think it was uh, with my grandparents fleeing the Turks. Fleeing the Turks. It's uh, it's 
it's actually has some sort of Turkish root and it means son of a priest, which oh, okay. is ironic because my people are not particularly pious. <laughs> anyway, so, um, yeah, so we've never met. You've no. been doing stand up comedy since the dawn of man as well. Yes. And yet we have never crossed paths. I know. I've seen you. I watched you on, was it last comic standing? And I was like, who is this woman? I'm, and then I see you about on, on the, on the interweb. On the interwebs. And that's I'm, it. That's all. That's the only place we've never been alive, uh, staring at each other in the same room. This but is weird. I was looking at your Wikipedia page today. Oh, have I, oh, I've got a Wikipedia. I haven't seen yeah, you that. didn't do it. No. Uh, somebody else. <laughs> oh, did. really? Yeah, yeah, somebody else put it up. But they said that you did uh, the Tonight Show with Conan. I did. And then now you do it with Jay again. I know. Wow, I you're a rebel. You're all over it. I'm, I'm all over the money. That's what I'm all over. Oh, my God. Who doesn't me? need $500? Yeah. For the love of Christ. <laughs> I have no loyalty. Whoever pays me, I'm there. Well, I just did, uh, I just did Reno and I was, uh, um, I was in Reno and, and I opened for Dennis Miller. And as I, I had to introduce him before he came up and I said, uh, and Dennis Miller and he walks up to me. He's like, hey, you're really funny. Has Jay seen you? And I said, Jay who? Cause my career, that's what I like to do. I like to really just shoot it in the foot. And uh, and then he goes, Leno. And I was like, oh, God, no. No, no. He hasn't seen me. Yeah, why hasn't he seen you? I have no idea. Why don't they have women? I mean, well, I, I'm not going to complain because he's given me more work than mm-hmm, most, mm-hmm. Fem- like all the female comics that are out well, there. Well, Kira Soltanovich does a lot of uh, stuff yeah, on there, too. The, um, the phone booth, I right, think, right? right? My thing was the psychic thing in a similar kind of booth. Oh, you do a psychic? Wait, sort of like the, the whole grip, the, is it, are, are you the lady? Are you in a booth? Yes. Guess who doesn't watch any late night television? Jackie Kishin. Exactly. Very sad. Uh, yeah, so basically I did Conan as a stand-up. I just did my stand-up. Oh, good. Do. And then Leno, when, when Conan was taken over the Tonight Show, mm-hmm. and Leno was get, doing the Jay Leno show, which was essentially the Tonight Show after the Tonight Show. Right. They were looking for new comedy correspondents to come and do sketches and pieces on the show. Okay. And the, I sent in my DVD and I had to meet him with them and, gave them a whole load of ideas that I'd written up in beautiful form and they didn't like any of them. Of course. And the, the psychic was the last idea on the bottom of the sheet that I'd scribbled down on the, in the car on the way to the meeting. And I went through all my ideas and I'm like, no, 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 don't like that. Jay wouldn't like that. No, no, no. Yeah, and, Jay's nowhere, of course, anywhere near this meeting. Nowhere near. Uh. And then they go, so, and then they go, you got anything else? And I was like, well, um, I did have an idea on the way here about a fake psychic and they're like, we love it. Oh, and that was it. And I did, I did Lena about eight times. They just put me in a booth with hidden right? cameras and right? I just messed about with members of the public. And it was very popular. Very popular. Wow. Who, who doesn't want that? Who doesn't want someone going, I think it's all going to work out. And, uh, <laughs> is that, was that usually, what was your go-to with the psychic? If I, before we even talk about your dark tone, let's yeah. talk about. My go-to was just to say the stupidest, most ridiculous things I could and see if I could get away with it. Oh, really? Yeah, so I'd just say things like, you, you are female. <laughs> and you have three kids, and the kids are in the booth with her. You have three children. Some of them are male. And so I just <laughs> say the dumbest stuff. Just to Like see, the most obvious. Yeah, just ridiculous stuff. Right, right. And you're like, well, you know, my brother once signed me up to be this the, the tea leaf reader. Uh, the coffee ground. It, right. Okay. So it's the Armenian picnic. It's at the church. It's in Wisconsin. <laughs> and, uh, we, uh, there's, uh, you read the coffee grounds on the bottom of espresso or something. And old Armenian ladies are supposedly good at it. Yep. I had just read Harry Potter and, uh, <laughs> I knew that Trelawney, uh, I don't know if you remember the psychic, uh, professor in the, I think I watched the first Harry Potter. That was it. So oh, you I'm, know what? They're books too. Book. You know, there's a, there's a, 
What, 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 what do you like to read? Let's go, let's skip right over your dorkdom and talk about, what oh, do you enjoy? The internet? You no, know, I read, uh, anything by Stephen King. Oh, do you? He's a genius. You know, I've never read any of his books. What? I know it. I know. What? How is it possible? How where is should it I, possible? Where should I start? Oh There's so God. many. Aren't there hundreds of books? Millions. And, and, <laughs> and he's written stuff you wouldn't even think he's written. Like, so he's, he's written horror. Everybody knows he writes horror. Yes. Like, like Salem's Lot and It and all that kind of stuff. Right. And Christine and Cujo. Yeah, I don't want to read any of that. I'm already scared. Oh, I'm already scared of the he's horror. He's terrifying, but brilliant. And yes. But he's also written stuff that you'd never know he's written. Like he wrote Green Mile. The Green Mile. Yeah. Okay. I did. I knew that he wrote The Stand, which was Stand by Me. Yes. Which was, Stand by Me was, which an was awful, a novella. Awfully good short story. That yes. Was. Yes. It was a brilliant movie. So he wrote that. He wrote that. I might read stuff that have, of his that isn't scary. His son writes, uh, comic books. Really? And, and I'm sure prose. Uh, I have not read any of his prose, but his name, he's, go, he went by the name Joe Hill. Oh, okay. So that he didn't have to, uh, Stephen get the Stephen King. King. Joe Hill. Now this not, yeah, he wouldn't. Yeah. And, and then once it was popular, he said, Oh, by the way, I'm Stephen King's son. Okay. Because he didn't want to, he didn't want to milk it. Yeah. I would have milked it. Right. right. <laughs> exactly. As we both, I know it was, uh, so what, what are your favorite Stephen King books? Are they horror ones or the other ones? See, I love Stand By Me. I loved the Green Mile, but my favorite stuff is horror. I started off as a kid doing fairy tales. I started off with fairy tales. Then I graduated from fairy tales to ghost stories. So I loved ghost stories. What fairy tales are scary besides like the original Grimm well, stuff? I just like or... fantasy stuff. Oh, okay. I just All right. like stuff that's, you what know. Was, what did you read when you were a kid? What were your favorite kids' I books? I used to love Hans Christian Andersen mm-hmm. sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. I loved anything that was just. They're going to kill children and you're going to put you out in the woods with just a Bowie knife. Yeah, love Hope it all that. works out. Love all that and... stuff. <laughs> so I graduated from that to yeah. ghost stories. I love a ghost story. Okay. Anything supernatural, love it. Do you believe in ghosts? Most definitely. Really? I've seen one. Have you? Yes. Oh, we're hearing that story. Yeah. Let's do it. And my mom's a little bit psychic as well and weird. Not okay. weird, but she's a little bit psychic. So I definitely believe in the spiritual. Okay. What ghost, was it a ghost of a Civil War drummer boy? No. Okay. What was it, it, it a was, ghost of? I was on the underground with my sister, right? <laughs> okay. On the, the tube. underground, which is the tube, which is the subway. metro subway for London. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I was about eight years old. i never forget this. And I was uh, on the underground waiting for a train with my older sister. And she's eight years older than me, so I was eight. She would have been 16. Okay. And um there was a guy standing next to us. Right. And he was dressed in full Edwardian costume. All right. Like with the... What time of year? It wasn't the Dickens time, was it? It wasn't... It was like... It was, he had the weird little curled up buckle shoes, the moustaches that did that, the long ringlet. He had the whole thing. The whole thing, top to bottom. Top to bottom, the whole ringlet. And it didn't look like a costume. It looked like he owned it, like he was in yeah, it. Yeah, he was just standing there look, waiting for a train. What, what, do you, you were eight years old. That's about eight, yeah. Would you remember what line? Was it the red line? Any idea? I don't, I don't no idea. My sister's no. taking me somewhere. My <laughs> right, memory's not that You were a child. <laughs> I was a child, excited to be on the train. And then there was a man standing next to me and my sister with very funny clothes on. So I kept looking at him and he looked over and he saw me and he just started smiling at me. So I thought, mm-hmm. oh, he's very nice. And so I said to my sister, look at the man there with the funny clothes. And he was literally... As far from me as you are right now. So he's right. like, not a couple like of shoulder to shoulder almost. Right. And my sister says, what man? And I go, that man standing right next to us with the funny shoes on. And my sister goes, what? Shut up. There's mm-hmm. no man there. He's mm-hmm. not playing stupid game. I'm like, he's right there. And he's standing there just smiling at me. And she could not see him. Not a word. And he never said a word? Never said a word. He just smiled. And then did, when you got off the train, did he get off the train? 
Uh, I don't what remember happened? after that. We got right. on the train. I don't think he got on the train with us. Right, right. Because just... I don't remember a journey of me going, look at him, he's staying opposite. <laughs> he's on your lap. It was he's with you right now. <laughs> it turns out he is right here next to my coffee table. <laughs> very, very, odd situ- very odd situation. That is an odd situation. You know, I have a very good friend who's a, uh, she's really into the supernatural. Uh, she does the thing called the Supernatural Junkyard. Wow. And uh, Karen Rontowski. Have you ever met Karen Rontowski, stand-up no. comic? No. Very funny stand-up wow, comics. Many of us. I know we're all over the place. We're constantly doing comedy. She used to do one of my favorite jokes was about how um she wanted to do a Ouija board in her apartment, but she didn't think she would ever get her security deposit back <laughs> uh, if she opened the fourth dimension. And then it was very funny stuff. And she does go- some very funny ghost jokes and uh, she does paranormal conventions and stuff. Really? But I don't, I, I had, um, I, ghosts. I don't know about ghosts. I don't have a problem with there being ghosts or aliens because it feels obnoxious to think that they don't exist, right? Of course. The earth is just a grain of sand on the beach. You <laughs> right. really think that there is nothing else out there but us. That's kind of arrogant. It feels a little arrogant. Yeah. So, But it, it kind of reminds me of my sort of my extended family. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I know they exist, but they don't <laughs> affect me. <laughs> Like I never, I'm never going to talk to my, 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 my biological mother's second cousins. It's not going to happen. Fair so enough. there you go. But they are around. <laughs> they do exist. They do exist. And they affect other people's lives. I believe it. There are other circles that are happening. There's more to this world than I know. Yeah, there are other dimensions. I could talk about dimensions. What, uh, so talk to me about the paranormal though. Like what kind, do you like fiction about paranormal or do you like, like sort of true crimey kind of paranormal? I like both. I love a bit of fiction, but if there's a really good ghost story that's based on factual Stuff like I've got loads of stories about the London Underground, right? What? Ghost stories. Oh, like because there's probably books compilated about everyone oh, yeah. running into ghosts and in there's the underground. Documentaries about it. And London's the- old, huh? London is old. London is very old. I remember, we had we got bombed a lot during the World War, and a lot of people died in the underground stations. Oh, right, right, because that's where everybody was hiding. Because exactly. when you're being bombed, you should definitely go underground. Exactly, so that you can be crushed by <sighs> so, falling bricks and masonry. Exactly, it's very sensible. It doesn't. I, and why only the children being sent away? Just the, yeah, you gotta suck it up. Stiff upper lip, Brits. Go girls gonna... and boys and kids down into the basement. See you at the end of it. But yeah, I mean, there's loads of stories about, like, there was a guy who worked at the Mile End tube station, which is a tube station in East London, which okay. got a lot of bombing during the war. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. he's working one night and he hears the most horrendous screaming. It's at three in the morning, the station's closed. Right. He hears the most horrendous screaming from thousands and thousands of feet, or hundreds or whatever, of female and kid voices screaming. Okay. And he runs around the station and there's nothing there. And it turns out, obviously, during the World War, Myland Station was bombed and about a lot of four or five hundred <gasps> women and kids were killed. Were killed. Wow. So stories like that, uh, like also the managers, I can talk about ghosts all day long. So that well, could let's be. Do, that might be your doorstep. Because when you said I like gadgets, I was like, oh, people have come to me and they said they like gadgets. And I'm like, I'm going to need you to. And then once you introduce the real, the real dorkdom, oh, and we're off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ghosts we can do. Ghosts. Um, yeah. So what, what's yeah. a good, what's a book you remember? Oh God! See, I've I've read so many since kid. I was a child, and and they're always compilations of different books and different stories. I just like to I pick up my information from all over. Sure, places. sure. It's like, um. But do you do you do you look specifically at London ghosts? Nope. No. Anywhere where there's a good story, a good ghost. What's yeah. what's it? What's another another town that had a good ghost? I mean, apparently the like the movie Entity. 
Do you remember the movie The Entity? Mm-mm. Where the girl was being, it was a woman and she had two kids whatever, and she was being raped by a ghost. And I remember one scene. What? Yeah, I remember one scene where it was touching her body. Don't you remember that movie The Entity? And the First of all, that body. is a movie I will never see on purpose. And her skin was being <laughs> massive. What? Wait, no? so I thought ghosts were incorporeal and they could not touchy touch you. Oh no, this one was attacking her. And this is a ghost on- with a heart on. This is a ghost who's on board. It used to throw her across the room and it threw her kids across the room and it attacked her and it attacked priests. And this was based on a true story. The, the movie Entity. Look it up. It was based safe on a true space. story. Safe space. The Dork Forest is a safe space, so <laughs> I will reserve judgment. <laughs> but I have this to say. <laughs> um, I, I've heard two things, like, cause you know, like, uh, I remember, what was the movie? Oh, Ghost. Right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that, that, <laughs> that one. I've seen that, and I've seen, uh, The Ghost and Mr. Chicken, which is, uh, a Don Knotts movie from the early 70s. Anyway, um, but Ghost was the one where he was being taught how to move things yes. on the subway in New York. Yes. I and so that. there, there is, you can affect. So the movie, The Entity, was anyone famous in it, or was it just a, um, no, it's a classic? Like, it's a classic. It came out all around right. the time of The Exorcist and all of that. Oh, and, early you know, 70s. And The Exorcist was kind of based on, not one story, but a compilation of different stories of different events that happened. Well, and I and I stand by the fact that my brother Scott came back from that movie saying that his uh, one of the one of the kids that he went to that movie with, um, she became uh, possessed and had to be exercised. And I was like, "You're <laughs> really? 17. I'm not going to believe this because I'm 10." And uh, but it stuck with me. But the, the, so, but do you like those kind of books and movies too about yes. creepy uh, yeah. religious oh, possessions, definitely. like the Poltergeist movies? Do you remember right. Poltergeist? Yeah, that was now, the last scary movie I saw before now, Silence the of the Lambs. Poltergeist. Do you know how many people who, in conjunction with that movie, died? No, I don't. Lots. Uh, the, were the there for girl, reals? The little girl died. Wait, was she 70? How old is she when she's dying? No, she died not long. When she was a child, when she was a young woman. Yeah, not not long after the movies were made. So kind of cursed is the cast and crew of Poltergeist. The girl who played her older sister died, was shot to death by her boyfriend. Wow. Um, A couple of the directors, if I remember rightly, died in weird circumstances. Right. Um, the Indian, I may have to look this up and yeah, link it on the. Yeah, the guy yeah. who played the native Indian in the movie. Right, because they were on an Indian. Uh, they were they, they were on an Indian burial ground, weren't died. they? Died, died, dead now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Lots of uh... right. Steven Spielberg dead. <laughs> no, no, not dead. Not dead. <laughs> That's it. You know what it is? Again, money. No, I have no. <laughs> I'm telling you, there, there's a lot. There's something to it, Jackie. There's, right, right. There is. So, but like I. The, the spookiest ones that I've, the spookiest movies I've ever seen, cause I am drawn to them. I kind of like, like the Da Vinci Code. I read the Da Vinci Code so I. and I was like, this is the cheesiest thing in the world. I am on board people. And, uh, so. But that's I, not that, that wasn't that scary, creepy. No, no, that was more, that was more, um, uh, conspiracy. Yeah. It was all that conspiracy nonsense. Yeah. But I love like the omen. Oh my God. <laughs> Don't get me started on the omen. Those are my favorite movies of all time. I mean, I bought the soundtrack and I played it. And the soundtrack? Yeah, there's a soundtrack. (laughs) And I played it and my brother walked into my house and he shit, can I say he shit his pants? He shit his pants. Fucking A. Swear it up. And he's 35. And he's 35 and he was like, what the hell is going on? Yeah, because that music was creepy as hell. That movie is A lot of people died in the making of that movie too. <laughs> oh, no, there's a documentary about it. Go look it up, Jackie. Oh, I will. Go do you remember the name of it now, or do, do I have the, to link it? Do you remember the second Omen? Was it the second Omen? Omen 2. There was one. Where, where was the one where the guy was decapitated by a plane, by a plane of glass? Uh, that was the first one, I think. Because I never saw the second one on purpose. Because uh, they're already scary. 
I've seen all of them. Did you see all of them? As you got to adulthood, it got boring though. The what? first three were the best. The first, well, I uh, didn't, the first. <laughs> first three were the best. What was the twist? Was there always a new child that had been possessed by the, by the devil? It was the same child. It followed him as he grew up. He was the son of the devil. He had the 999 member oh. in his scalp. So that showed him as a baby. Oh, when, right. when he had the Satan's disciples all around him and killing anybody who tried to get in his way. Sure. That's sure. why the guy got decapitated with the mm-hmm, pane of glass because mm-hmm. he was going to find the truth. Then it showed him as a teenager when he first discovered that he was the spawn of the devil. Oh, when the, he didn't, it, cause previously he was like, well, I just want to do bad things and bad things happen. He didn't want to do bad things. When he was a, kid, a little kid, he didn't know. He was just, no, no, no. I'm just doing what I do. And everybody oh, around him, he decided killing and dying mm. and stuff. Then he got to teenagers and discovered that he was the son of the devil and fought against it for a while. Okay. And then embraced his powers. Embraced his powers in the third one? Yes. All right. There we go. A nice trilogy. A nice trilogy. Ah, man. It was awesome. Did you ever uh, read a book uh, called Good Omens or Good Omen? I can never remember. It is about the Antichrist. And it is about um, Gabriel and Lucifer. Gabriel um, of the sword, right? And Lucifer. eh, No, not. It wasn't Lucifer. It was the serpent. Okay. And, um, and it, but it was written by Neil Gaiman and Terry Pratchett. Okay. And so. Terry Pratchett. I know it. Okay. You know Terry Pratchett? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he is yeah. a silly, silly man. Yeah. Uh, do you know what Neil Gaiman does? Puts a lid on it. Uh, he, Neil Gaiman does some excellent, uh, cat herding with the, with the Terry Pratchett silliness. Okay. And sort of really makes it smart and funny. Okay. Cause Terry Pratchett, very silly and has a great imagination. Right. Neil Gaiman has a great imagination and not particular, not very silly, like okay. more smart funny than Okay. So the Good Omen is an amazing story about uh, the Antichrist is born in London, but uh, there's an accidental switch of uh, of babies. So uh, the baby that was supposed to be the Antichrist was supposed to be the son of a congressman here in the United States. And he ends up being raised in like a cothold in Sussex by like a, 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 a family of bakers or some bullshit. Brilliant. It's hilarious. Oh, and it's just that. about this kid who grows up and, and, and how the... Gabriel and uh and the serpent they have more in common with each other than with heaven and hell and they don't want the apocalypse to come because they're like no I've just got you know my sink to work That's and funny. it's a very funny book and okay, I will link I'll it in the check that out. but it's not scary at all it's a little tense in the end but not scary uh, not mm. that omen scary how can you how can you um those are easier for me to watch only because they're not, they're usually not gory, you know? Those ones are pretty gory. Don't you remember the guy that got cut in half in the elevator? Yeah, you're right. I don't like him either. <laughs> anyway, but the, um, because I don't like, like I couldn't watch the original Halloween I accidentally saw. Do you like those kind of ones? Oh, is that the, the guy with the mask chasing people? Yeah, yeah, chasing, slashery oh, kind of. No, I don't like those. Those are stupid. Oh, you really? Know? I find those stupid because it's a guy with a silly mask on walking after everybody. How do you get caught by a guy walking? <laughs> That's rubbish. Well, people aren't fit. <laughs> yeah, people, people. obviously not. <laughs> then you get some, you're running away from a guy walking and he still finds you and kills right, you right. horribly. Right. Maybe he's implacable. Maybe he's just a pad, 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 pad. And then all of a sudden you have to sleep one day and then he's there. Spooky. Nothing there? Nothing there ne- for you? Never. Okay. So it's more. Nightmare on Elm Street's are quite light. Oh yeah, that was that was that Johnny Depp's first movie. I have no idea. Nightmare I on never Street. saw Nightmare on Elm Street. He was the one that got swallowed up by the bed, and then all the blood spewed out of the bed. And the, you don't remember that? 
No, but I've seen it being mocked in a sketch on Saturday Night Live, I think. That was Johnny Depp that got eaten by the bed. <laughs> that was his first movie. <laughs> I am a dork. I've just realized. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no, there's no not. There's no not being a dork. Quite honestly, we all have some sort of too much information about something. Uh, it turns out I had too much information about Barbara Boston. I don't know if you're who from, is that. Yeah, nobody knows. Uh, she was actually married to Stephen Bochco, who did Hill Street Blues. Oh wow! And she okay. played uh, the ex-wife of the captain on on Hill Street Blues. I remember but, the captain, but not the ex-wife. Well, it was recurring. And uh, so uh, we were watching The Last Starfighter a couple of weeks ago, and she plays uh, the kid's mom. Okay. And so she's standing in this group of actors. And I'm like, is that Barbara Boston? And uh, everyone in this room was like, why do you know that? Because you don't know, oh, anything. <laughs> Who anyone is. I didn't know Snooky or whatever, the honey boo-boo. Or... Why should we know Snooky and honey boo-boo? Well, we cause, yeah, because I don't, I don't do reality sh- TV uh, either. But do you? Have you? I I've done have partaken. Chef. I'm not going to lie. Right, right. Could you get sucked in a little bit? I, I get sucked in, but some of them I will not watch on principle. I will not watch the Kardashians. Oh, right. I will not. Well, what, what, what do we, what do you think people are drawn to with the Kardashian program? Is it just bad life choices being filmed alive? It's television. Right. It's and the moving pictures, th- but there's all other. We have right now. <laughs> right. Some kid was telling me over the weekend in Reno that. um Young Henry was telling me that he's reading a book about it's a dystopian future where they take away all entertainment. Uh, and I was like, what government would do that? That's the only thing that's stopping the revolution, right? You can't take away, you know, movies and TVs and books because that's the only thing soothing the savage exactly. beast that will line up the bankers against exactly. the wall and have us gun them down. Exactly. They're keeping us hypnotized. We're hypnotized. With large breasts. Right. And, and asses bouncing right. around and... It's, it is memorizing. I saw a woman with very large breasts walking in a, in an entirely yellow outfit yesterday. (laughs) And I, another day in LA. (laughs) And another day in LA. And I was like, you know, she's very fit. She seems to have gone with a bright, brightly colored outfit. Good for her. (laughs) And those breasts are so big. But someone pointed out that you could tell if they were fake boobs if people don't have arm fat. Uh, if they don't have arm fat, then they're yeah. fake boobs because, um, people with really large boobs, uh, have heavier arms, I guess. Really? Yep. There's a fun fact. Wow. That's, I'm going to start looking at arm fat. I never, I never. Women from now on. <laughs> that's amazing. I love a parade. Uh, the parade <laughs> of big titted, large armed women. I'm going to check that out. Now, well, it's, it, it's an, it's a new reason to look at boobs, I guess. Wow. People are fascinated by boobs and, you know, they're all right. I don't mind a boob. Um, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> I'm going to look for, I'm going to check. I'm going to work this out. I want to see if this is for real. Do you live here in the Valley or do you live over in Hollywood? I live in Hollywood, right on Hollywood Boulevard. What? Right near the 101. Yeah. Wow. You know how to party. Well, uh, do you live kitty corner from the 101, um, cafe? The last chance of the 101, that fast western. That's on Franklin. I'm sorry. Oh, is it? Well, then I live nearby. Right. There's a very I'm nice Hollywood little diner. Wilton. Oh, Hollywood and Wilton. Okay. Yeah. I'm on Wilton. Wilton. Right. I'm a cool Hollywood. All right. Nobody needs to know. Oh, yeah. Leave Jeannie Yashere alone. Leave me alone. But I'm in an apartment building and there's lots. But follow her on Twitter <laughs> and go to her Facebook, which is Facebook slash, uh, Jeannie is funny. Yes. And, uh, <laughs> and of course, Jeannie Yashere, uh, dot com. Are you, uh, are you working, um, in December? You, you you do the road much? Uh, I'm, yes, I try and do as much as I possibly can. It's difficult getting booked as a female comic out here. 
when nobody knows you. Right. If you're, but you got, but you got, you got internet. You got, hey, watch me tell a joke kind of thing. Don't you have? Yeah. Vids? I've, got all, I've got all of that, but nothing. You know what? Bits and pieces. At the moment, I'm on the road with Cat Williams. Oh, okay. I'm touring with Cat. That is, that is a, a crazy ride. Isn't he uh, an energetic, wiggly, shouty man? Yeah. Black man, but on, and huger than hell. Like people are on fucking board, right? Oh, 8,000 people are turning up a night to watch. Wow. Yeah. We're playing Do you have Marina's. merch? I haven't. I uh, you it. need to get some merch. No, I haven't got merch. No, I've got merch, but I didn't bring it because Kat is, uh. Is he a merch machine? No, but he's kind of unpredictable. So I was like, I don't know whether I could bring my merch or not. And he'll right, go, right. what? I, how much money am I paying you? And now you want to make an extra 10 bucks selling DVDs, motherfucker? Cause that's how he goes on. Okay. So I okay. didn't bring my merch, but I'm going to find out if I can. Right. Cause you should. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Kathleen Madigan, uh, cause the thing is, One is of my favorite comedians ever. Kathleen Madigan, she did a, an episode, an early of the pre-recorded, uh, Dork Forests, uh, right when I started pre-recording, bef- when, after I left the conference call, goodness, not goodness, but, uh, the, uh, <laughs> she talked about the Kennedys with Laurie Kilmartin. Oh. It was the two of them because they're both crazy Irish, uh, really? Catholics. The whole Kennedy. And they w- would not, and I tried to get them to talk about stand-up comedy and they were like, you said we could talk about Kennedys. <laughs> <laughs> Did they really lobotomize one of their own children? That was the thing that I found out is that I did not know that Rosemary Kennedy and Kathleen Madigan pulls out a picture on her phone and shows me Rosemary Kennedy. I was like, yeah, that, that kid's not, that's a perfectly normal looking woman. And, and that's what Kathleen Madigan said is that, is that Rosemary Kennedy just didn't want to be a Kennedy and her dad freaked out and got her a lobotomy. But you know that, uh, speaking of lobotomies, mm-hmm, this mm-hmm. leads to the history of American psychiatry. You know that there were doctors, there was what a doctor. Happened? In the 1960s, I believe, he used okay. to drive around in a VW van and he called it the lobotomizer. What was that man's name? And he used to lobotomize people. People used to just come out with their not very normal family members and go, you're a psychiatrist, you're a doctor. And he used to lobotomize them by sticking a screwdriver through their eye sockets into their brain. That is the history of psychiatry in America. You know what I would like? I would like a name for that. I'm going to need a source on that particular tale. Uh, who is that guy? Oh, God. Any idea? I might it's have a, it in my phone. I'm, 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 I'm going to part ways on screwdriver into the eye socket. No, 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 that's a fact. I actually, I looked it up after I left. It's okay. all public record. We will be looking it up after this ends. Public record. Public, public record yep. of the, the, the lobotomizer. Lo- the lobot. I will, I'll look it up. I'll look it because I wrote, okay. I wrote it down. Cause I, I have the internet right over there. It's going to be exciting. We're, We're going to check it, it out. Yeah. Uh, it's funny because Todd Mason probably yelling at this. Well, what she means is because Todd Mason, uh, he's, he's my number one commenter on the Libsyn page. Uh, and, uh, and he will, he'll go through and he'll sort of live comment on the show oh, and he'll really? be like, I think I know what she's talking about. And then he'll find the thing and it's pretty cool. Oh very my cool. gosh. In fact, there's a museum in Los Angeles. Well, it's not really a museum because it's not old stuff, but there is. I think it's called the Museum of Psychiatry. I, I stumbled uh-huh. across it by accident and it, it shows you. That's because you live on Hollywood Boulevard. Yeah. Is it anywhere near Ripley's Museum? No. Okay. No, it's a real <laughs> one. And you know what? This is the so is Ripley's. It shows you all the movies and, sure. and, and the history of psychiatry in America. And it's, it's, it's all very well documented pictures, movies, all that. And that's okay. where I first found out about the lobotomizer. Turns out that this museum or I think it's, called, it's, it's gotta be a it's museum. Owned by uh, the Scientologists. Oh, because you know they are very anti I found that out later. I mean, all the history is correct because I went and looked it all up and okay. and and checked the but facts. But there's a bit of a spin on it. But and, they and they've very, gathered it all in one room exactly. to say this is talking things out. 
with only with an e-meter is the way to go. It's so weird that the scientists are against psychiatry because that's all they want to do is talk about your past and really sort of figure out how to, how you have to get over stuff and get through stuff and stop being whatever yeah, you are. A lot of the psychiatry now, all they do is um, give you lots of drugs. <laughs> oh yeah, they are. There's, there's a lot of that happening. Like, you know, it didn't did you ever exist. watch Firefly? No, what's Firefly? Firefly is a Joss Whedon uh, short-lived TV show. Uh, there are only 14 episodes, and I recommend them to everyone I meet. Firefly. Uh, Firefly. It's essentially, um, it's a space western. Okay. And, uh, space western? Yeah, yeah. Awesome. It's essentially, <laughs> if Han Solo were a smuggler. I am a door. <laughs> and, uh, but there's, um, there are these reavers. There's these, uh, these crazy, uh, killing crazy people that they're like, are they people or are they not people? Spoiler alert. There's, there's actually no spoiling Firefly. Okay. Uh, cause yeah. I, I can watch it a thousand times over and over and over again. It's, it uh, yeah, it's good times. And then what, um, oh, Netflix streaming as well. Oh, don't you just love Netflix? I do. I don't even have cable. I canceled my cable. So did I. I just have Netflix. What are you room. watching on the Netflix? Oh my gosh. Okay. So I've just watched the entire five seasons up to date of, um, you're caught up. Sons of Anarchy. Oh. Oh my God. Breaking Bad. Oh my God. Have you watched Breaking Bad? No, no. See, Sons of Anarchy, Breaking Bad, and Mad Men. I haven't uh, watched Mad Men yet. I might go into that next. Yeah. It's, it's seriously, it's, and I've said it a thousand times. It's a Rangers of the Dark Forest. They're like, yeah, yeah. Um, it's just, it's, it's documenting bad life decisions. Yes. And I already know people that are making bad life decisions. I can't possibly, because uh, things aren't going to get better. I watched the first two and a half seasons of Breaking Bad. Right. That's and. Amazing. When his girlfriend, when he got the girlfriend, I was like, oh, it's going to work out. Yeah. His life is going to get better. Yeah. And then I realized it was two and a half seasons in. Yep. And, um, <laughs> and I was like, nothing ever gets better in two and a half seasons. Maybe five. Maybe. But it's a brilliant show. It's very well done. It uh, doesn't mean that it isn't well done and that people shouldn't watch it and thoroughly enjoy it. But you don't like stuff about people making bad decisions. Right. And I have a hard time with tension. Like I was, I was watching, uh, it's called drama, Jackie. Yeah, it's drama. You're supposed to have tension. There's no tension in drama. Raise the drama. stakes. Raise the stakes. That's what they were, that's what they were doing when they were writing the, the story of Lot. Um, no, I think Job. I'm thinking Job. Um, so, but, um, What's the one? Oh, I was, uh, last night I just watched the last episode of season two that's available of right. Sherlock. I don't what know if you watched the new Sherlock. It's a BBC. Oh, you know what? I've never watched it. Benedict Cumberbatch. Yeah, not watched it. I believe. Uh, there's only three episodes per season. Each episode is almost, is a little over an hour. Wow. Okay. So they're like, they're sort of like mini movies. Okay. And, um, and they're awesome. They're hilarious and Sherlock. twisty as all hell. And because they're mysteries. And, um, and he's a dick and it's very, very funny Sherlock. and Sherlock. So there's only six episodes in total. Okay. And, um, the good thing is, is Andy, my husband is when we, um, when we watch anything on television, mm-hmm. he knows that I have to take a lap. I got to get up. I got to take a lap. Got to walk off some of the tension <laughs> that I'm watching on the television. We went and saw cloud Atlas. I had to take a lap. <laughs> The movie in the theater. You, have you seen that? It looks like 27 different movies in one. It is. And it's excellent. Really? It is, it is unapologetically, we're going to dress up in costumes and it's going to be, and we're going to talk about the big issues, man. We're going to talk about love. We're going to talk about freedom. And I was like, Jesus, how many films is this? It's six. It's six little films. And I love, it's, you know what I love? I love the enthusiasm. It's like watching really good mime. It doesn't, <laughs> doesn't make any sense. Is there a really good mime? There is really good mime. Actually, I, saw, I did see the Blue Man Group in Vegas and they're amazing. Was that great? Oh, they're amazing. 
Were they bendy too? I was giggling out like a child. It was years ago and I never forgot that show. Right. Years ago, I saw a really good mime. It was Japanese. Uh, it was a Japanese uh, duo in Australia. I saw him in Melbourne. Oh. And, uh, but the Blue Man Group, you know, Fred Armisen used to be in the Blue Man Group. Okay. Who's Fred Armisen? He's on uh, Saturday Night Live. He plays Obama. Oh, he was in the Blue Man Group. In Chicago. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, he's uh oh he's also Portlandia. Oh okay. Fred Armisen, he's the he's the guy and he's the main guy at Portlandia. Okay. So he does stand up. And uh is a very funny man. But uh yeah, it's it's so um we have completely talked about television now. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. It's, uh, I, still, I don't watch a lot of TV. I just find shows that I like and, and then, then just them watch them all all the way through and I love it. I don't want to be waiting every week for the next episode. I want it and I want it now. And so, Sons of Anarchy is the motorcycle one, right? Yeah, it's brilliant. And I just literally, I've watched all, we're on the fifth season now, and I've just realized yesterday that I've caught up with regular TV and I'm really annoyed at myself. And now there's a hole inside of you and it's no, Sons have, of Anarchy yeah, shaped. Have to wait. Or you have to find a new show. Yeah. You could find a new show. There's, um, what do you like? Do you like Fringe? Do you ever see a terrible British uh, TV show called Prime Evil? I heard of it. I never watched it. Prime Evil is essentially a Scooby-Doo group of, uh, of folk. Uh, that are stopping uh, dinosaurs coming on all over the UK, all over. And uh, quite honestly, it's fantastic. Oh, I think I watched one episode <laughs> once and I went, this um, is stupid. Oh, yeah. And then You were correct. And I watched, uh, I'm on season two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, not me. Um, I, what do I love? I just. Are, are, do you watch the Ghost Hunter TV shows? No. No? Those look stupid. I don't all like right. all that. Oh, my God, I can hit. No, I don't like those. Right, because so. it's all tension. It's all them trying to figure I just, out. I just find them stupid. I just like, oh, that's just ridiculous. Like, <laughs> oh, but the books aren't. Yeah, but it's different. The reality show with cameras, like a ghost is going to, you know, turn up and go, hey, <laughs> can I get a show? I don't believe it. I want that to happen. I want a ghost to show up and say, a ghost have you talked to my agent? <laughs> Please talk to my agent. And uh, no, no, I'm not actually talking directly to people at this time. <laughs> I have people that talk to people. <laughs> so in, in December, are you going to go on the road with Kat? Or um, are you in town? I'm already on the road with him. Oh, it's happening right now. It's happening. I've, I've already you're done living five it. dates. Oh, you're, you're doing five dates and then there's more dates. Where, yeah, where are you going to be? I'm going to Sacramento on Friday. Okay. Then I think the week after that, we're in New Orleans and then we're in Houston. It's all on my website. And they're all, and they're all one-nighters, right? Cause he's doing theaters and yeah, stadiums. Some of them are one, and... some of them are two nights. Like New Orleans. So you don't, you're not going to get to see New Orleans. No, but I've been there once before for a day. Okay. So Did you get to wander around a little bit? Yes, and okay. I loved it. Because I've never been, and I hear, like, I want to see Treme. I want to see that, the marching band TV show. Yeah, I love a TV <laughs> show about a marching band. I'm on board. <laughs> <laughs> Do you play an instrument? Nothing. I played the recorder when I was eight. I taught myself how to play it. Well, that's because it's a simple instrument, but you you should get back to it. It's good stuff. But I like a recorder. You don't see them in bands. I have one. Maroon 5 does not have a recorder. Well. See, they're not cool. They aren't cool. But the ukulele has come back. People are on board with the ukulele. And what's the difference? The Between same. a recorder and a ukulele? I say... They're both uncool. It's uh the bearded youth movement. That just all bearded you need is... Youth. <laughs> if you can get some bearded youth to start playing the recorder, it could all come back. Yeah, I can't play any instruments. No? Okay. No. What about... uh um I don't know. Do you, do you ever jump out of planes? Do you ever do any uh physical yes. stuff? Oh, yes. I used to be a bit of a daredevil <gasps> in my 20s when I was young and dumb. I've done a parachute jump. I've done a bungee jump you, twice in a day. What? Because I'm Wait, an idiot. Wow. Twice in a day. Twice. That's <laughs> Were you sober? I was completely sober. All I did right. it once. 
And then my friend wanted to do it. And I was like, I was going to, I'll do it again with you. And it was more terrifying the second time around because I knew what I was going to do. It was ridiculous. <laughs> Where did you jump off a, did you jump off a bridge? No, it was like one of like those a crane? crane thing. Yeah. Where? I did it in America, actually, in Florida when I used to come over here on vacation when I was uh, younger. In your 20s, you vacationed in the United States in Florida. Yeah. My condolences. Yeah. It's not the parts of Florida I genuinely like, but. Yeah, I didn't know. I was like, it's America. And it's then we moist. Came to Florida and I got after we, we booked three weeks in Florida and then it was a week in New York. Okay. We, we lasted 10 days in Florida. We we're like, I'm bored. We're going to go. And we went to New York early. Right. Did you, were you in Miami? Where were you in we Florida? Were in Fort Lauderdale. Okay. Um, uh, Miami adjacent. Well, yeah, an hour adjacent. and a half. <laughs> yeah. But the, uh, yeah, it's, it's, um, unless you're a true beach person, Florida isn't, the only other reason I want to go to, uh, Florida is because that's where Harry Potter land is, but I got to go to Orlando for that. But, um, yeah, to you in, in Fort Lauderdale, you jumped off a crane twice, bungee twice. jumping. Mm-hmm. And where did you parachute? Las Vegas, over the desert. Las Vegas, Nevada. Mm-hmm. Your twenties were spent really looking for some action. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, I jumped out of the plane. All right. Well, I was you... smart though. I did a tandem jump. I did. Oh, I was going to ask you. Uh, was it tandem or? Yeah. Okay. I figured if anything went wrong, I'll be taking somebody with me. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's part of it's the Make a Wish Foundation yeah, that they don't I, know about. I was about. searching. I mean, my mother was very overprotective of me as a child, so we weren't allowed to do anything, go anywhere, go on school trips. So as soon as I got old enough to get a job and get my own money and do what I wanted to do, right? I went absolutely crazy. Right. So I rode motorbikes. Mm-hmm. I jumped out of planes. I oh, do. do you know how to ride a motorcycle? I do. Can you drive uh, a motorcycle on the left side of the road because you're British? Yes. So you can you can you can work the throttle with your left hand. Do you think you yeah. can do a right-handed one? Is there a right-handed one? Yeah, oh, yeah. No, the same way round? No, no, no. No, seriously, I've not ridden a motorbike in America. Yeah, if you ride a motorbike here in the United States, uh, it's a right-handed throttle because uh, it's it because you know because the the sides changed. It's a right-handed throttle in England. Oh, is it a right-handed throttle Same. in England? Yeah, but I have to think about it. I was like, nope, it's right-handed throttle in England as well. That's interesting. That means that Fonzie was wrong in that episode of The Happy Days uh, where he, because uh, a guy had a British-made uh, bike and uh, and he said it was a left-handed throttle. So yeah, That's I'll not true. Not true. That's not true. Busted, it's a right-handed throttle. Busted Henry Winkler. Yes. Not that he but wrote But some that of episode. the Indian motorbikes have got stuff the other way around. Okay. But not the throttle, the pedals, if I remember rightly, the other way around. Okay. Fascinating. But, yeah. but yes, the throttle is the same because I had to think about it. I was like, no, I remember I used to gas with the right hand because I'd be gassing and braking at the same time sometimes. Right, yeah, right. It's the same. Couldn't you do a wheelie? Could you do a wheelie at the I time? actually went to wheelie school. What? There's a wheelie? That's the best idea ever. What wheelie kind of school. bike was it? Because I, my first bike, because I'm a very, um, what's the word? Impulsive person. Yes. So I actually. <laughs> Why'd you have to search for that word? Yeah, Go. I'm impulsive. And basically, uh, my agent at the time in England gave me a lift home on the back of his motorbike. And I was like, I like this. And went out and bought the biggest bike I could find the next day. Bearing in mind, I'd never even ridden a bicycle. Wow. So I bought a 650, 650cc motorcycle the next day. Without and a motorcycle license. Without a license. Right. And then um, I was like, I better learn how to ride this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hey, Rockefeller. So it was in the garage and I went and did like a two-week one of those oh, right, right, a school. In- intensive courses to learn sure. how to ride a bike. And they were like, great, now you've got your provisional bike license, so you can ride up to 125cc. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I went home and took my 650 out of the garage. 
Yeah. And proceeded to ride that around without a license wow. for four months. Wow. <laughs> Until... Until I actually went and got my test and passed the test and that was actually legal to ride the bike. Yeah. So that was my first bike. Okay. And then so the last bike I had, do you, did you ever see the film Salt with Angelina Jolie? No. Well, if anybody's seen that oh, film Wait, was Salt, it an action movie? Yeah, she was yes. like a Russian sleeper agent. And she didn't That's know it. it. Mm-hmm. Well, do you remember the escape scene where she jumps <laughs> on a motorbike and she's riding through the traffic? Mm-hmm. That was my bike. You had that same that bike. That was my last bike. Uh, that was an 1100 Triumph Speed Triple. Beautiful bike. Wow. And it was a beast. Even those words sound exciting. Yeah, that was a British motorbike. Um, mm-hmm. So that was the last bike I had. So I'd go out for rides with my friends, and they're mainly boys, and they're, they're crazy. That's why guys die a lot on motorbikes, because they ride above their ability, because they're right? showing off. Sure. And they'd be doing wheelies on the freeway and stuff, which is ridiculous, no, because no. that's how you die. And I always wanted to do a wheelie, but I was not going to do it on the... I'm sensible. Right, right. I like speed. I ride very fast. Right. But... I make sure there's no cars around and it's a wide open road and it's not wet and I'm sensible. Right, right. So I wanted to learn how to do a wheelie. And there are, yeah, wheelie schools. Basically, uh, a stuntman. Okay. Rents out uh, an abandoned airfield. Okay. So you've got an old like runway for little planes that mm-hmm. take off and land in the country. And he hires out this airfield and he sets up his own wheelie school. So you go online and you pay what it is, a couple of hundred dollars for the day, and we all ride up there with our bikes, and you wheelie to your heart's content. <laughs> he teaches you how to do it, and boo. And you don't even have to do it on your own bike. So if you dump it, it doesn't matter. It's not your bike. He, oh, he, he's he, got loaner bikes? He's got stump bikes for you to ride. Oh, So okay. you park your own bike up, and you wheelie. I've got a video of me wheeling and a, a photograph of me. Is that on your YouTube page? I haven't got it on my YouTube page. I need to get that video. I'll put that. Yeah, that is awesome. So it's a one-day class where yeah. they're like coming. It's sort of like, you know what there is outside of Reno? Somebody told me there's a trampoline farm where um it's just trampoline. <laughs> Trump, what do they grow trampolines? Trampoline <laughs> it's real nice. So the weird thing, it's just a field full of trampolines that some guy just put out there and then he yeah. charges like five bucks and you can bounce around until someone gets hurt. And because the thing is, is it's a bunch of trampolines next to each other it's not just one big so trampoline yeah because there's metal in between Ooh. each of the Ooh. and so you wipe out and you're like clonk Ooh. and so yeah. but um five bucks to, to go bounce in the trampoline farm that's hilarious <laughs> i like the idea of a trampoline farm i i was kind of intrigued well that's it i wanted to get to learn how to do a wheelie and get it out of my system that's perfect and i did it and that was it never needed to do it again right and so when you jumped out of an airplane yes even tandem yes did you would you have done it if you wouldn't have been tandem? Like, could you think that you would have had the guts to go, all right, I'm, in, I'm doing this? No, because I know that I'd fuck up and pull the wrong string or some shit. And just die. Yeah. Did, did you ever see the video of the guy who jumped out of a plane and forgot to put his parachute on? No, that sounds like it. No, this was a guy who'd done many, many jumps. Oh. And... I think there's a video of it, or there's a video audio of it. That's called a snuff film. There's no way that that's a video of that. Yeah, he, yeah, you know, he used to video himself, didn't he? And he jumped out of the plane and didn't have his parachute on. (laughs) It sounds very, I wish to go to Snopes. (laughs) And I wish to go to Snopes, you'll find all (laughs) this. In fact, I've also seen a video of a stuntman. Remember those stunt guys who used to hang off planes? Yeah. There was a stunt guy who used to hang off a plane and then, and he, there was a video of him hanging off and then he realized one chain that was supposed to be holding on was missing and he fell off. You know, there was, I used to work at a closed captioning company as my day job when I first moved to Los Angeles and there was this woman, Tamara Boyd, and she would caption things and we had the, the contract to caption all of those 
when animals attack, yeah. when bad things happen to stupid people or whatever, right? And one day I was just did because my job was to digitize. I would take things on three quarter inch tape and make them into digital files so that they could be captioned. So she comes in and she's like, I just realized that all of these, when things happen, these bad things happen videos, if they don't have an epilogue, if they don't tell you what, where the person is, it means that they died. And so the last three months I've been captioning snuff films. I got to go get a soda. I'm going <laughs> to go take a lap. <laughs> And I was like, fair enough, man. It was just so weird that, that they show that stuff and they don't tell you that, well, this one, guy actually died on this one, but we're not going to point that out. But this guy, he lived. His, uh, you know, he got yep. hit in the crotch, but he's better now. And I've seen a few of them. Like the guy who does the tightrope walking. Yeah. There was one oh, wait. who broke a record recently. He didn't, his dad died doing the same trick and they had it on film. Wow. Where he tried to tightrope across two buildings and he fell. It was like, ooh. Did you see that documentary about the French tightrope guy? There's a documentary about a French tightrope guy and the awesome thing about it from a point of view of a Jackie Cation type of television watcher is that in the beginning of the movie, we get to meet him as an old man, which means guess who lived? Yeah. You said you didn't want attention. Well, there you go. I didn't. It was perfect. I was like, yes, this guy lives. And then they have video of him walking between the Twin Towers in New York. Uh, on a rope and, you know, and the, and the, the tension is, is when's he going to get arrested for, <laughs> for sending a guy up with some rope and then a pew, off to the other. It was, uh, I can't remember. I'll put it in the notes, but it was a, it was a great documentary about, about this French tightrope walker. And, um, but I do love, I love that, that, that daredevil stuff. I always think it'd be great if I were, were to be kidnapped and taught how to, Use my powers for good. And then, uh, but I never, like, I've only fired a gun once. We went to the gun range. So I've never fired a gun. Well, there's a gun range about a half a block from here because I live in Van Nuys. And, uh, but that was, was very funny because Andy took me there on my birthday. We did, we went horseback riding and then we grilled some meat and then we went to the gun range. <laughs> it was a western, uh, themed, uh, yeah, we horseback riding. We- Grilled some meat, then we killed some Indians, and then <laughs> no, no, we we shot uh, shapes of people. But uh, there were some other kids there. There were some young guys who were at the gun range uh, who were holding it gangster style. They were oh, like with the sideways, the sideways thing. and oh, you could Jesus. either get the silhouette of a man right oh, to shoot yeah. at the gun range, or you can get a stuffed animal. And they were shooting the stuffed animal. And the thing is, is the thing about the gun range in life is that everyone's very, very polite at the gun range. Because the people who work at the gun range uh, know how to shoot guns. Exactly. <laughs> so exactly. Everyone is polite, <laughs> right? But I remember when I went, I was like, they they give you these these uh, uh, earphones, right, the, the, to protect you from the noise. And there was a bucket of them, like a giant barrel of them. And I go over, and I'm like, have these been sanitized? And the guy just looks at me, and he's like, no. No, they haven't. It's not like the bowling alley where you spray the shoes or anything. So you're putting on like sweaty earmuffs oh, of other people. <laughs> Bring your own I earmuffs. I'd rather be deaf. Right, right. Uh, and then it was super loud. So, wow. but I wasn't very good at it. I don't. Uh, yeah. I, yeah I, I mean, the shooting thing has never appealed. I'm a. I I like a shooting video game. Yes. I so can that's do that. why he took me to the to gun the real range. thing. Yeah. And you went. I was okay with it. It. I don't need to. It was loud. It was, just, I'm 107. I don't want to, I've never enjoyed loud. Yeah. Oh, that's why I don't club or see live music. No, see, I'm, I'm at that point where I'm, I can't be bothered. Right. 
How about like, your twenties? Were they full of you oh, clubbing, yeah, going home I, with crazy 20s, people? Oh, jeez! But in my twenties, I'd be, you know, I'd be clubbing <laughs> and then coming straight from the club and going straight to work in the morning from the club. Cause right, I, reeking of cigarettes yeah, and just some sort of been dancing all night and then turn up at work. Hey, but I used to be an engineer, so it didn't matter. <laughs> Wait, it said on your Wikipedia page you were a lift operator, uh, not operator. Does it say operator? I'm going to go back and change so that. So the lift technician? I used to build and repair elevators. I worked for Otis. Did you work for Otis? I did. Is there an Otis? Is there an actual man named Otis? The guy who um, invented the elevator or the motor-driven elevator was a guy called Elijah Otis. Oh, there's a fun fact so about who elevators. The he was named after. It and you worked company. for Otis in Otis. London? Yes. The biggest elevator was the biggest elevator company in the world. I hear it's not doing so well now. But at well, the time it was. and so you. You helped build them, like in a factory situation, no, or on the building site. Uh, oh, you installed. Here's a little fact you might like, please. So the twin towers, New York. Right. The two smaller towers in in New York, the, the two next to it. Remember, you had the two 110. Yeah. Towers, and you had the two little identical smaller towers. Yeah. Right. Our tallest building in Europe at the time, not anymore, but it was, uh, is a building called Canary Wharf in East in London. Okay. That that was up until. A year ago, our tallest building in Europe. Mm-hmm. That building is an exact replica of the two smaller towers of the World Trade Center. It uh-huh. was built by the same company, okay. Olympia New York. So basically, when we were building it in England, we didn't know how to build skyscrapers. Okay. So they brought in a load of American engineers and engineers from all over the world because it was right. a huge project. Because it wasn't just that. There was a load of buildings all around it. It was basically our World Trade Center. Right. And so uh, loads of engineers were brought in from all over the world and lots from America to help us to build it. So we were there from when the building was a hole in the ground. I did yeah. my apprenticeship on this web on this site. Oh. So when the building was a hole in the ground, as the building goes up, you build up the, the elevator shaft. Okay. With the building as the building goes up. And then we build the elevator on site. So that's what I used to do. Um, and I actually rode on top of the elevators at the World Trade Center in New York. Because obviously... I'd That's a diehard moment. I know. I'd made friends with all the engineers. Right. Because he took me under their wing. I'm still friends with one of them now. Right. And uh, when I came to New York on my first vacation, I hooked up with some of the engineers. And at the time, they were still maintaining the elevators at the World Trade Center. Mm-hmm. And they took me there and I got on top of those elevators. Wow. And they traveled at 36 miles per hour. Imagine, 36 miles an hour up and down. Okay, that sounds terrifying, but it kind is, of exciting. It is ter- it is Did you have to hold on? Oh, yeah. I mean, like, what were you doing? You weren't clipped on, were you? You had to yeah, actually, you, you were loose. Yeah, you just stand on top and you hold the rope. Wow. That's and then hope they it. don't go all the way up to the top and squish you like a... Well, what happens on the huge skyscrapers, usually there's a nice bit of space between the top floor and the ceiling. Good choice. But engineers have been crushed before. When, really? By not, because in smaller buildings, the space, not so much. So you have to, basically what I tended to do when I used to repair uh, mm-hmm. elevators is... You have at the top of the elevator, you've got a bar across the top of the elevator. I would duck down below that bar because I know that bar is going to hit the ceiling before I do. Right. So I would duck. If when I'm on, because obviously when you're repairing an elevator, you have to see how it works in its everyday life. So you have to get on top of it while it's running. So people are getting in and you, they don't know that you're sitting on top of it watching how it works and trying to figure out what's wrong. I so, love that that is obvious to you because that is not obvious to me, but that makes perfect sense. Oh, well, yeah. Because how else, because how else are you going to know what's acting up? Exactly. But but why is it still running with people in it if it's acting up? Because if it's, if it's only a small fault, like, I don't know, a button not working or something not lighting up and you're trying to work out the wiring and what different floors. Okay. Then it 
it can still be in service. Right. And then you have to see what's wrong while it's working so you can see what's not, what's misfiring or whatever. So I'd be sitting on top of the elevator and I'd duck down because sometimes if you're standing and it stops and there's not much room between the top of the elevator and the ceiling, you will die. Yeah. I actually almost got decapitated once. <gasps> How so? Because some uh, banks of elevators, there's no dividing walls. They're all in one shaft, going up and down. And one day I was bent on top of one of the elevator and leaning over trying to repair the door. And another elevator came up in the next shaft and I saw it coming and I got my head out of the way just in time. For it not to get knocked off of your shoulders. Yes. Uh, congratulations for you <laughs> for some quick thinking. Yeah. But, uh, uh, so, so when, so you know, essentially, I think of elevators as a series of pulleys. Am I correct? Uh, one pulley. There's one pulley Basically. going up and down, up and down with the pulley. And then the rest of it's electrical. Yes. Is that what's happening? So mainly what happens, an elevator, most elevators, well, there's two different types of elevators. You've got hydraulic elevators. Done well, with the... Well, yeah, it's basically a hydraulic piston. Okay. And the elevator's on top of that. And okay. the piston comes out from the ground and pushes the elevator up. Okay. Those are usually for short buildings, two or three floors. Okay. Because you can't have a 50-floor hydraulic piston. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. Right. And so then... for short buildings, hydraulics. Hydraulics. But the majority of the taller buildings is a motor, a humongous motor mm-hmm. with a rope or six ropes. Six ropes? Yeah. It, an elevator can really be held by one rope, but for safety, they add another five. Oh, fair enough. Just in case. Cause Just then, in case. Right, because then if one of the ropes breaks, you have I some mean, backup. There's various, because I remember watching the movie Speed. Well, uh, speed, I remember Speed. And it was very accurate, because I, I used to watch elevator movies where elevators crash down the shaft, and i go, that would not happen, because the safety <laughs> gears were coming at 33.3. And I, and but get, Speed was accurate? Sp- speed was because accurate. Because that was, I think, the first 10, 15 minutes of the movie, right? Yeah. Was that whole elevator. Yeah, because he cut, he blew, he put a bomb on the ropes. Right. And he, he cut the ropes, and then there's also a thing called a safety gear. So basically, each elevator at the bottom, we've, we've gone into severe dogdom now. Let's do this. So each elevator has a thing at the bottom called a safety gear. So basically, if the, if let's say somebody got on top of the elevator and sliced through all the ropes, and it began plummeting down the lift shaft. Yeah. Down the shaft. Yeah. Uh, it has a thing, there's different types of safety gear. There's one called, yeah, the safety gear, which is a wheel on a rope. And it works by centrifugal force. Okay. So once it starts going too fast, right, <clears throat> a switch is knocked and it immediately cuts out the power to the elevator. So all power's cut. Now, if the elevator is still plummeting down the lift shaft, yeah. it's got these things at the bottom called safety gears. It's got a, basically clamps at the bottom of the elevator that will come out and clamp to the sides of the shaft to stop it from moving, like brakes. Oh, like it'll slow it down yeah, at so, the very least yeah, as so it goes. Yeah, they come out of the side, they come out of the bottom of the elevator. Screech, 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 And they clamp to the sides of the elevator shaft okay. to stop it from going. Okay. So there's various safety measures in. And if for some reason, like in speed, he put bombs on the safety gear to, so nothing will stop it plummeting the bottom. It's got a great big hydraulic piston at the bottom of the elevator. Oh, to sort of... To, to Cushion the, yep. Mm-hmm. And that's how we test them. Like when, once we finish building an elevator, mm-hmm. we test it. We drop the elevator down 50 floors all the way down onto the bottom piston. Was that fun? Oh, that was so fun. That's like, now let's yeah, see if this thing works. It was like, you know, I can imagine the same feeling you get. You know, those old movies where they push those plunger things down and, and, oh, right. and, and blow up blow buildings. Up. Yes. I love that. <laughs> well, it's the same kind of feeling. You would drop an elevator down 50 floors. Yep. And watch it crash all the way down to the bottom just to test those pistons to make sure that they can 
Awesome. But yeah, that's what I used to do. That's what you are. Well, yeah, let me tell you something. It's been an hour. Wow. And, uh, but here's, uh, I have, did you see speed two? Speed two was shit. It was such shit. Ugh. Do you remember somebody? It was on a bus, wasn't it? No, it wasn't on a <laughs> no, bus. No, was... The first one was the bus. Oh, the, the second one. one was somebody described it as, um, Oh, it was Brian Gannon. You don't know. Nobody does. Anyway, but uh, it's a perfectly nice man. But he said, uh, watching Speed 2 was like watching a man run at you with a knife for an hour and a half. <laughs> where you're like, oh, my God, he's got a knife. Oh, he's still running at me. Yeah. Oh, my God, he's got a knife. <laughs> it was absolute rubbish. All right. GinaYashere.com. Yes. Uh, follow her on Twitter. Go to the Facebook link. Watch all the vids. Watch, uh, watch you... Uh, Tell people that uh, the things that they already know from the psychic booth on Jay Leno. <laughs> so do it. And Cat uh, Williams? Yes, I'm on tour with Cat Williams. And I've also all over my own show. throughout the end of the year. It's all on my website. Thank you so much for being on the Thank show. You. <laughs> my hat, my hat, my hat. They're dancing around my hat. <laughs> my hat, my hat, my hat. Well, what do you think of that? If it looks like a Mexican hat dance and it sounds like a Mexican hat dance, it's most likely a Mexican hat dance. So take off your hat and let's dance. Yay! Oh my god. Thank we, you. why don't we just call that as the end of the show?